So I've been feeling more anxiety these last couple of weeks than I have in years and possibly ever. And I'm guessing that many uh, of us have. Even as I'm saying these words right now, I'm really aware of fear lurking just beneath the surface. When we get anxious and unsure, we start wondering uh, all kinds of really important questions like, where are we going? What even is true and what and who can I depend on? And we even get wondering real thoughts of, will I survive? How will I have life? Now in John, uh, the Gospel of John, in chapter 13, just before our text today, Jesus has just finished washing the disciples' feet, which is a very human and humbling interaction. But then he started to say some anxiety-inducing things that someone in the room with them in this moment is going to betray him. Then he's going to leave them and they can't follow. And that this very night, Peter is going to deny him three times. The future feels very uncertain for the disciples in this moment. And what Jesus is doing in this conversation is he's preparing the disciples for the events of his death. But even more so, he has in mind all the things that are going to come for their lives after Jesus goes away. And so into the disciples' anxiety about this uncertain future, Jesus, first of all, provides some deep reassurance. The first thing he says is, don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, I don't read this like he's guilting them. The reality is Jesus knows they're troubled. Uh, Dare we say that maybe there's even a part of Jesus himself that's troubled because he knows that he's about to suffer and die? There's no point in in denying when we're anxious or worried and just yelling at ourselves to stop it. Emotions are barometers, and Jesus invites us to acknowledge our feelings, to become aware of them, and then to learn to interrupt our autopilot responses to our feelings and respond in healthier ways. Now, I've been living this day by day, just like we all have, and this is a learned response to interrupt our feelings and the way that we respond to our feelings. And so we need to give ourselves grace because we're learning. So Jesus continues to reassure his disciples in this moment. He says, God's got you because I've got you. You're secure in me no matter what's ahead. I'm going to get the forever home ready for you, and then I'm coming back to get you. He's inviting his friends to trust him in this uncertain future. And then Philip and Thomas both have deep questions. They're responding for their their own anxiety. And so my response is often like Philip. Okay, but like how? Like show me a sign. Show me the Google Maps directions. Jesus, it sounds like you're saying we could stand to lose everything right now, that the world would be different from now on. And Jesus is saying, Philip, I know. And I'm asking you to trust me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. These are statements not only about who Jesus is, but about how he relates to us in all things. Jesus is the one who is there for us, constantly being and embodying uh, the truth and the life, and not just showing us the way, saying there it is, but by being the way himself. And so what we're left with is a constant, deep dependence on him in every moment. So Jesus is using uh, himself. He's deeply reassuring his disciples to just look at him. But I think Jesus' words here also, secondly, empower 
us and they empower the disciples. When we tie what he's saying here into verse 12, which comes a few verses down, where Jesus says the disciples are going to do greater works than these. Jesus knew that these 12 people were going to start a movement that in literally just a few short weeks from now would begin to see thousands of people come to him. How would it grow in this an occupied territory where the Romans were the rulers in this space at that time? Essentially, these disciples, these 12 men had learned from Jesus the way to live out the truth that they'd come to deeply believe. And the way that they lived it out brought life that the world needed. They were bold, they were hopeful, they were patient, they were sacrificial, they were hospitable. Guys, in these highly anxious times, these are some of the greater works that Jesus does in the world through us and in us. They might not feel so great, they might feel deeply ordinary, but when we're all doing them, then it becomes a world-transforming greater work. Right now, people around us desperately need tangible expressions of Jesus' love, visible expressions of confidence and hope, being calm in spirit and gentle with our words in our homes, on video chats, on social media, even if we're in sharp disagreement, reaching out to each other and finding ways to connect with our neighbors, praying for others and then sending them a message that we did so, or praying with them over the phone, being honest about our fears and our deep grief over the losses we're experiencing, and being honest with our hope that because we have the Holy Spirit and we have Jesus watching over us, we don't have to look any further than the kind of work that Jesus does in chapter 13 when he takes up a basin of water and a towel and he washes the disciples' feet and then he tells them to go and do likewise. That's the greater works that we all can do today. Church, Jesus is just the same yesterday, today, and forever. Follow him and let him love you today.